Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. It's episode 73 and we are back. And I said this last time, but we're back again. And thanks for being patient because... Yeah. So, quick a update. A roller coaster. Yeah, it has been. Mm-hmm. So you guys are all keenly aware of the situation that I'm going through, but it's just a little extra complication this last couple of weeks as... Studios have had to be moved when we thought mm. we didn't have to be moved. And then I got sick after we went to the Royce Bear Milky Way Butte. We went out there Sunday night, drove all through the night, and came back. And I was already sniffling and was mm-hmm. sick, but I lost my voice. I never actually told you, but that's why I didn't push very hard to get oh. on the podcast. I lost my voice. That I really had sense. no power. And I had no recording ability. My Milky Way course is suffering. Those of you who are on that, thank you so much for your patience and understanding. And so it has been a challenge. So Hmm. quick Aaron King's life update since this is about Photog Adventures. And part of my adventure right now is, I don't know, being a transient who lives from a car. I'm no longer a (laughs) transient. I have a place. I have an office space at least. I sleep at a buddy's of mine, um, Aaron Houston. Up there in his place, I have a bed and a place to shower. But here, I have a place to live. Got a bathroom over there. I got some food. I just bought a microwave today. And so now in this small studio space, which is, would you say half the size of the other one? Yeah, it seems like it is about half. (laughs) At least a good third less. (laughs) Brendan came tonight. We went and saw Pacific Rim Uprising. And now we're recording the podcast Tuesday night. And he's in here in the new studio. And this is the first recording we've ever done in this new studio. Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Probably a little different echoey in the room, but I don't think it's too bad. Our mics tend to help that. Yeah. They don't you get the same it. mic setup. Everything else is the same. Uh, if you hear a little bit more echo, a little bit more you know, feedback from the room, that will probably be solved by the next podcast. So. Yeah, because I have more things to move from that studio, mm-hmm. namely the big wall panels that I have with soundproofing on them. And so that has been awesome. That will be great being right up against this, our recording spot. And then we'll put the Monday Moment of Envy desks and recordings behind us. And so, you know, yeah. I feel there's an interesting feeling when you lose all of your possessions. Now, I understand this is my choice. Um we're moving on. She has the house. She has the car. And I don't have, you know, a home base. I didn't have a home. Mm, we left yeah. for our trip to go down to Death Valley. We were at Death Valley. Then we were in Joshua Tree. Then we were in L.A. over in Ventura. Then we came back. Was it Ventura? It was Ventura, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Then we came back and went through Las Vegas and stayed with Brent and then yeah. came yeah. through home. And I never came home. It was the weirdest feeling. I never came home. Mm, yeah. The bags that we carried all of our stuff in and had my clothes and toothbrush and everything, that's what I just kept living out of mm, for another yeah. month. And I went and rented another car. I got a van. I slept in the van. I took off to Vegas again. In fact, I'm wearing my Las Vegas Hershey's shirt and a hoodie that I got there. And I just, there's an interesting dignity lost by not having a home. 
oh, and yeah. not feeling like you've ever really settled down. And it wasn't until I handed the deposit and the first month's rent for this place to the guy who was awesome because honestly, everyone else expected, you know, multiple months of income proof, background checks and all these things. Mm -hmm, and yeah, mm -hmm. I could pass the background checks, but I didn't have multiple months of income. Mm. <laughs> taking on the photog adventure lifestyle and taking on the entrepreneur lifestyle is a challenge to do when you are supposed to reprove your, you know, what you're worth, how much value do you have, and how can you get a rent? It, I couldn't get a place. I was having a hard time getting a place, let oh, alone yeah, being yeah. young enough to be at the cheap places. So <sighs> the dignity that returned when I finally got this place and felt like I have a key, I can go here, and I can be here if nowhere else. Yeah, I didn't have yeah. to live at the Starbucks and smell like old burnt coffee grounds, and I didn't have to live at UVU with the other students who would laugh at me, you know, laugh with me when the lightning was going off the distance. I was chumming up to a guy next to me who was studying for fourth period, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm 36, dude. I don't care about whatever you're doing, but I'm going to sit here and use your internet because I used to be a student here, <laughs> and I had access to it. So I felt so weird, and I finally had this place. So it's cool being here, recording, loving this. I just hope that you guys are okay with the 12-day delay. Probably not okay with it, and I understand why you're not. It's probably 14 days by the they time they hate us now. Morning. They're all going to turn on us. If they've lasted this long, <laughs> this hasn't broken them. But yes. there's a few of you out there that there's probably a straw to break your camel back, and I don't want to break your camel back. We don't want to puncture any holes in that uh, yeah, bladder. That poor hump of the camel back. The Camelback is the brand for water yes. bladders, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. I was hoping I wasn't making some pun when it wasn't a pun at all. Right. Right. You're good. Right. It works. It works. So we are talking about what tonight, because we went on another adventure that I think we only went because we felt like we hadn't been out for a while. We mm -hmm. needed some information. Mm -hmm. We needed some stories to tell, and I don't think we would have gone in those conditions otherwise. Yeah. Um, after going through the whole thing, I kind of wish we would have gone somewhere closer. <laughs> <laughs> Since I had to drive the whole time, it was like eight hours of driving. I did help you the last few hours, right? I mean, yikes! Yeah, that was two. that was hard. That was, was hard drive. It was. It was like four hours each way. I was really jealous of Nearly. you because you went home and showered and probably went to sleep. And oh, I curled I up on this floor with nothing. I didn't even have this chair in here yet. Even my wife was accommodating. She's like, oh, you just got home. Okay, go sleep. I'm like, thank you. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Oh, thank you. Shower, so you're... So I don't know if this... I've been I've been calling it on the post that I did on Instagram and via Facebook yeah, as well. I saw those. Thanks for doing that. And a Star Trail one? Freaking yeah. cool. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. looks like a comet. I know. Because it's so nuts, nuts and bright. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's cool. Okay, we'll talk about that later. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> if you guys have seen that, cool. Um I've been lovingly calling this place Royce Bear Butte because we don't know if there's an official name. Maybe there's not. Maybe there is. We haven't done any research on it, but uh, <laughs> we're going to call it that because he's the one who took some really awesome pictures of it, shared them with us, and we thought, man, we got to go back out there and, uh, yeah. and check that place out. So that was kind of the antithesis and the impetus and all that stuff for going out there and shooting that. So it's just outside of Hanksville, about, what would you say, about 20 minutes west of Hanksville? I wouldn't even say 20 minutes. I'd say Maybe 10? 10, 7 to 10 minutes. Not very far. Right. If you're driving from Hanksville towards Capitol Reef, you haven't hit Factory Butte yet. It's just before you hit the road. To so turn is it east off of the Hanksville Factory or Butte. west of Hanksville? Uh, west. West of Hanksville. Okay. So yeah, um, really cool place. Uh, you just pull off on the side of the road and do a little walking around and these it's not dirt piles. normal walking. The no, dirt it's piles. weird. They're just weird dirt <laughs> piles. <laughs> when you think about walking on the surface of the moon... I picture a very soft, like 
untread, undisturbed land. Mm-hmm. And you kind of picture this crust of where you know helium-3 is and the sun's been beating it without all of its protection, you know, because the moon doesn't have a ton of protection from UV rays. Right. And so it's been beaten, and it'll have like a thin crust over powder. That's what I picture mm-hmm. that the, 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 the feeling it is to walk on the moon. Yeah, yeah. And this place felt like that. Yeah, it did. Weirdo crust that would break in every step, but then be crazy, I don't know, two, three inches of soft sand. Yeah, it was definitely um, harder after the top crust, but it still gave way quite a bit too. So it was mm-hmm. interesting. It was an interesting Tired feel. Me wasn't, out. It wasn't quite as bad as sand, right, as true. pure sound, like, like a sand walking. dune, but um, it was like halfway there. It was kind of interesting. And every step, you weren't sure what was going to happen. Kind of like on a dune, you would expect every step to go into soft sand, soft sand, soft sand. <sighs> and, and push you, kind of you down. for it. Mm, yeah. But this one, it gave you this confidence that every step you took, it might hold your foot. And then it doesn't when you mm. least expect it. And we were trying to find our way on the other side of the butte because when we pulled up and parked, you could see the butte with your headlights. Yeah. But we were on the you know, south side. We wanted to be on the north side looking southeast to see the Milky Way. And we're trying to figure our way up there and we didn't make it until nightfall. So we didn't really have a path planned out. True, true. We did look at it um, a few months ago during the daytime, but uh, that didn't really give us a clear idea though of how we were going to get out there still. There's no road. You basically have to park off the side of the road, which is obvious that lots of people do park there because there's tons of like tire treads and stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, you pretty much have to walk up and around and over these hills that are pretty substantial. I'd say probably 20 to 30 feet high. The kind that get you breathing hard to get up to the top, but yeah. it's not like you hiked. Yeah. You still just walked aggressively, not aggressively, a difficult walk uphill. Yeah. It wasn't too bad. A panting walk. Yeah. <laughs> Once we got to this flatter part on the first, on top of the main hill. It became much easier, so that was nice. When we got to the ridge, we started walking across that ridge, but then it became sand dune kind of walking where Mm -hmm. you're slipping sideways and you're walking with every step in front of the previous step. And so you're kind of, I don't know... How, what do you call that when you skirt that way? Where you, you can't take normal strides. You have to kind of place your feet in front of the next foot and you're sliding down a hill and every step you kind of recover from the slide. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's called. There's probably there's some name for there's it. probably something, yeah. right? So we're ridge climbing as we're trying to stay from slipping down there with our camera gear on the backs, mm-hmm. tripods in our arms. And I think my camera was already on my tripod too. So I had that extra weight with the light tripod. So I was oh, just, yeah. you know, yeah. trudging through there. Yeah. But uh, before we knew it, we were up on flat terrain above those ridges. Yeah. And that, you know, what is it? Directly east and north of the mm-hmm. Milky Way Butte. Mm-hmm. Very simple terrain. Yeah. Same kind of material, but just flat and easy to work with. Yeah, the flatter part was really nice. It was easy. Um, yeah, really cool spot. Uh, there was um, interesting terrain around. The really big rock wall next to the Butte was really cool. And uh, you could see where all this stuff came from. It was obvious. I mean, it was all like crumbly, you know, from crumbling from thousands of years ago. Yeah. And then settling and then being beaten over and over again by whatever into this fine powdery dirt crust. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's very interesting. If you want to picture this, if you haven't seen the Royce Beer picture or if you haven't seen the podcast cover, because we're going to use Brendan's picture to show you the podcast cover. So if you go to the show notes at photogadventures.com forward slash EP73, you'll see the show note, the cover picture, and you'll also see any other show note images that we can put up there. Mm -hmm. You know, quick 
apology. I keep in the last several podcasts having other things to add to show notes. And so I've been showing pending, pending and saying foolish things like I'll get to that later today. And I haven't been. Mm -hmm. I mean, this whole situation that I'm going through my personal life has jumped in and caused me to not be able to follow through with my original plans. But I'm also just forgetful. And so I'm thinking, okay, that's done, clicked out of my mind. So apologies for those of you who regularly go to our show notes and go, dang it, Aaron, you said you'd have that video. Where's that video? And I don't have that video up. Shame on you. Brendan is sh- is wagging his finger at me, so I am feeling the burn. Brendan is punishing me with his 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 judging index finger. <laughs> I can make so, it a witch finger, too. A witch finger because you're curling that front knuckle a little yeah. bit down? Yeah. So... What I'm trying to say before I went to the notes was if you're just going to picture it in your car right now, uh, picture a rock wall that, you know how, um, let's see, imagine a webbed foot creature is standing on desert. And so every foot, every foot toe or every foot finger is being connected by a deposit of sand that's at a diagonal. Well, all of these fingers reach out and there's a section that you can kind of stand between a thumb and a pointer finger and it all wraps around you. But then on the um, south and east side of it, it's just wide open. It goes for quite a ways before you see some hills. And so it's wide open and flat, but you have this rock wall kind of cove that you're in. And at the end of the index finger, there's a gap and then another just by itself poking up shape of a rock. And it's the shape of a normal hand where you go up and the pinky shorter than the ring finger. And then some people have a longer middle finger and it goes down to a thumb. And it kind of makes that shape. Yeah, one of our um, Instagram followers actually said, like, oh, it's, look, it's the old mitt. The old mitt? Like, yeah, that's and I was like, been huh. calling that? Yeah, like, that's interesting. Is that, I don't know if that's an official name or what. So but, he recognized it as that might be the official name for it? Yeah, because I was thinking, I was thinking, I hope he's not getting get confused with um, with the Navajo, um, what is it, the uh, Monument oh, Valley. Oh, Monument Valley, it kind of looks mitt, like that, but it's not. But it's not. Clearly not. So right. I wonder I was just kinda wondering if it was like if he was getting confused by that or if that's or if he's like recognizing the spot and being like, Oh yeah, it's the mitt rock or whatever. I don't know. No, we're calling it Royce Bear Milky Way Butte until I know. someone proves that that's the mitt. Yeah. But it makes sense that that's kinda what it looks like. It right? does look like that, right? And yeah. It just sticks up by itself and yeah. it's this isolated pylon of rock that has interesting shapes to it, like like a serrated I mean, it's a stratus blade. layer yeah it's just it's got the layers like you'd see in red rock like the red and white mm-hmm. different layers strata layers which are cool and so when brendan's saying we're going over to the rock deposit that's kind of slanted up we're trying to get to the point to where we could actually stand here put the rock facing us and be far enough to the southeast to have the milky way touching it yeah when it rose far enough or when you know the clouds would move yeah yeah, we got that fun fun thing. So <clears throat> arriving on location, the first things first is we're going to put down this tripod with our low-level lighting. And we want to be mm-hmm. far enough away that it's not in our shot unless we do a pano, but also light the entire structure of the mitt and then also the gap 
where it goes to the rock wall. We wanted the rock wall to get some lighting too. And so when it was 100 yards away from it, almost directly west, uh, directly east of the, of the mitt and the hand, we went out and perpendicular to it and took some shots. Yeah. How did you like that first shot? There were some reasons why we decided to move the light afterwards, but what were some of those reasons for you? First shots just weren't very impressive. I mean, I liked the way that the, I did like the way that light in general created those nice, some harsher shadows and give it some definition. Yeah, on those ridges of the fingers. Yeah, yeah, but it just seemed like the other ridge line wasn't being hit at all. You know, so it was almost like the mitt was getting all the action and then the rest of the rock next to it, which wasn't even far away. It was like 10, maybe 10 or 20 feet divide. Like, right, not It huge. wasn't very much, um, maybe 20 to 30 feet, but it was that big of a gap. And then after the gap, you got all that rock, you know, big mesa continuing and it was just not receiving much light at all in that cliff face next to the mitt. And it just didn't, I don't know, the framing just didn't look very good and I wanted to be... Once you said, let's go further over, I thought, yeah, let's do that. Further over and closer because it just looks so distant and there's too much vacant blank space on the left side of my of my uh, composition. So I think moving over um, to the right of it and closer was a good idea. And the foreground in front of the mitt, it didn't have any light on it, but it's yeah. obviously getting hit with light on the ridge. Basically, the deposit of old erosion was such a shape that it had a dip right mm -hmm. on the very, very eastern side of this, but then the front had another dip. And so the ridge that was formed there ended up catching rim lighting from mm -hmm. the light, but mm -hmm. then nothing on the front. It was all in shadow. Yeah, and You could yeah. tell that the thing behind it was probably getting well lit, but in our image, it ended up giving us this huge third of just it's black. black. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, well, that's not interesting. Let's not do that. Yeah. So we pulled it around to try and get it to the front of the rock, still about 100, 150 feet out, 150 yards mm -hmm. out from it. And then lighting that rock, it took away some of the coolest parts of the contrasting fingers. Mm -hmm. It made them all universe, uniformly lit, but not in a poor, poor uniform way, but just yeah, not more really evenly too bad. lit. Yeah. And then the side of the rock, I didn't go as wide as you were. So was that other rock wall well lit and looking good? Yeah, yeah. You can see from the pictures that I posted that um, it was got it got quite a bit of light, almost as much as the main main rock. Okay. So yeah, so I think it turned out pretty sweet. good. So then the challenge originally of, a, of arriving was finding the butte, then getting the lighting to where we wanted it, mm -hmm. and now where we put our cameras. And we tried several locations. When I first mm -hmm. got there, what went well and what didn't go well for the location of my camera is that I'm on a wide, wide angle. And I'm thinking, I want to get as much of the Milky Way sky in this, but now my foreground element is just so tiny. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. minimizing it way too much. And so when you were okay with it, I was like, can we move way up? And at, before I even finished my sentence, Brendan's like, can we move up? He wanted to go closer too so that we can bring that finger, the fingers of the hand really prominently into our shot because mm -hmm. it was going to frame a Milky Way. The Milky Way was going to arch off of it. It wasn't going to be under it. So it didn't matter how high up in the in the for, in the uh, composition it took. Yeah, yeah. Just needed to not be cut off by the top of the frame. And that was really all we had to worry mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And so we went way up there. And some of the drawbacks of moving up is that it blocked the row of Fuki. The row of Fuki mm, yeah. sits behind yeah. it. Brendan was off a little to the right from me and back. And you saw Jupiter because apparently I see a big old white streak in your shot. Mm -hmm. So you must have had Jupiter more visible. But from where I was positioned, Jupiter and the Roa Fuki were all behind. Oh, really? 
Oh. I'm pretty certain. I at least know the row of Fuki were behind, and I thought Jupiter was because I was thinking about my focus, and I wanted to get my focus again on Jupiter, and I couldn't get the focus on Jupiter. Oh. And so, also speaking of focus, what didn't go well, Brendan and I arrived about 1.30 in the morning. Yeah. We had two hours until we needed to get up at like 3.30 to hike out there. Yeah, I think so. Because we had between 3.30 and 5.30 before this Milky Way was no longer visible because of Astro Twilight. And we also had time before the Milky Way was high enough and we're in the position that we needed. So we weren't worried about it until about 3 o'clock, 3.30. So we had some time to sleep. I got everything out. I pulled out my my, my, my clear favorite tool for focusing, that Carson Lumi Loop, and I put it in my pocket. And we went back in the passenger seat and I laid down and fell asleep for a couple hours. It fell out of my dang pocket. Oh, it did? When I came oh. back, I found it sitting there on the door jam. Oh, that's it's, what happened? Yeah. And I'm like, I had this. Why is it in my bag? Or why is it in my pockets? I couldn't mm. find it when I was out there. And it wasn't that far of a hike. What did it end up being when you tracked it? Didn't you track it and give us about 2,500 or something feet is what we walked? Yeah. Is that went, a half mile? What's a, what's a mile? We out, did we? Is a mile like 4,000 or 5,000 feet? I don't know. Let's ask Siri. How many feet are in a mile? It's 5,280 feet. Okay, so it's about half a mile. Oh, shut up. So we. (laughs) You don't have to add more to that. No, you don't have to be cutesy. Just give me the dang answer. (laughs) (laughs) Robot. Quite Don't try to be a person. person. <laughs> <laughs> so it's half a mile. So that's not a far hike. No. I would walk back from my Carson Lumi Loop normally. Mm-hmm. But I was cold and tired. Cold and tired, and the train wasn't that exciting to walk back down and up again. The idea of going back down the ridges and yeah. sludging through that. We nonsense. definitely found a faster, more efficient way. On the way back? On the way back. We're just like, oh, this would have been faster to come this way, but we didn't know that. Kind of gradually turned up the hill, but we couldn't see. You right. couldn't see that. No, you can't see it at all. Even so. though you have your headlamp on and everything, you're looking at this terrain, you end up not quite recognizing the perspective of anything in the distance. Mm-hmm. You can kind of see some light glancing off of it or hitting it, but you can't make judgments like that. Yeah. Really got to go in the daylight to these places and plan your route. Yeah, Even better, yeah. track your route with a tracker app and then just repeat that mm-hmm. when you get out there mm-hmm. in the dark. It's like, yeah. just don't do what we do. Just get excited to go with our stories, but don't actually follow <laughs> any of our advice. <laughs> well, do what we learn not to do. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what this is a cautionary tale. <laughs> so ultimately, one of my worst things that didn't go well is I didn't even have my Carson yeah, Lumi Loop. Yeah. I could get my focus close enough. And thankfully, Jupiter is crazy hot right now. Oh, it's yeah. crazy bright. If you guys have gone out and at all for Milky Way photography, you've seen it. Right to the to the right of the Milky Way core is this blaring, blasting Jupiter shape of bright lights. It is nuts. But so bright. And then Saturn and Mars are in there. And in a few months towards the summer, Mars is going to become an opposition of us. And it's going to glow. Mm. It's going to have one of those arc seconds of difference in brightness than it had in previous decades where it has like a really our previous years, I should say, that it's going to be brighter than it's been for a few years. Mm. And even two years ago, remember how bright the triangle was of Saturn and yeah, Taurus and yeah, Mars? Yeah. And Mars got really, really bright? Yeah. It's going to be brighter than that. Really? For just a couple months. And it's just going to seem crazy orange, crazy bright. I mm. think it's in May and June. So cool. we're out there in our workshop in May in Escalante and Capitol Reef and then Escalante again in June and Crater Lake and Bandon. Those are going to be crazy bright. 
And I wouldn't say mess up our shots, but they're going to make them very unique looking Milky Ways mm-hmm. for every other Milky Way we take the rest of the year and a couple of years from now. Well, yeah, and you can you can tell in the Star Trails uh, picture that I rendered, it's really bright. <laughs> I didn't do much to brighten that up. It was already very it's bright. It's hard to bring it down. Yeah. So I used it to focus on, and it was kind of easy to see whether it was in focus, but I'm worried... I haven't had my computer to go and check these. I have to still load them off my card. Okay. That's how bad it's been for me. I haven't yeah, been able yeah. to put them on there, but you processed it and put it in there, so I'm glad. Let's come mm-hmm. back after this first break, and let's talk about how your pictures turned out, talking about that. And okay. then I want to hear one of the things that went really well for you and one of the things that went really poorly. Okay. All right. We finally have done it. We finally have... Okay, we haven't done anything that crazy, but we do have a second workshop available and a third workshop available. The Crater Lake Abandoned Workshop is available and the Escalante Workshop. Lots of cool locations. If you don't like hiking, there's only one place that we really do hike, and it's about a mile and a half or two. I guess I don't even really know how long it is. So come with us to Crater Lake then if you don't like hiking because we're just going to park right there at the beach, walk down to the beach, capture the Milky Way for two nights. Then we're going to go to Crater Lake and it's literally 100 yards walk uphill. Then you're there at a beautiful vista. Crater Lake is going to be beautiful. So check out our Mm photogadventures.com forward slash adventure workshops. Actually, I think it's just forward slash workshops. Photogadventures.com forward slash workshops, and you will see our options for Crater Lake, Goblin Valley, and Escalante. These are starting to fill up, and I'm excited for it. I hope you guys will oh, join yeah. us. It'll be a lot of fun. So come and join us. Woohoo! Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, right now, we're going to go into Section 2 of the podcast and talk Section 2. Section 2. Which is good because everyone catalogs the podcast. What section is this? Yeah, section section two. 2 is we're going to talk about Section 2 now. Um <laughs> So in section two, we're going to talk about what went well with me. So I, to start out with this um, part of the podcast, I want to talk about um, some of the cool features that were there on the ground. Okay. So there's like Mm. this dry um, river or creek that we ended up getting next to. As I was walking around exploring what was to the right of us, so we can get right and closer to this thing. I found this really cool S like S curve leading to the rock. I was like, Oh, that's awesome. So oh, yeah, yeah. I really want to get back to that place and feature that more, but you'd need like at least a second light to do that. So I think it went really well that we, that it, what blah, 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 that one light that we used was pretty good. Um, but to get really emphasize the ground and really take advantage of some of the ground and the curve that, and some leading lines and stuff is you did, typically you'd have to use a second light that's we, which we didn't have. So the one light did work well, but I wish we would have had a second light so we could, you know, kind of play around with that some more and actually light the ground uh, in front of us or give it some shadows and definition to really play on some leading lines. So. so what was the shape of the S curve that made it not react well to that light? Was the light too low the over there? The light was too, I think it was like too much to the left and behind us. So and and the ground was a little too low. It. Yeah. Like it was basically kind of in the shadow and, and I have to bring those shadows up really high to see the S curve. And then it, mm. there's too much noise and just wasn't really worth it. So where'd you put a light if you got another one in there? I don't know. I'd have to play around with it. Um, I don't know if putting a light maybe directly 45 degrees to the right in front of us a little bit. from a different angle than we're yeah, lighting Yeah, yeah, and the kind of a low-lying light. So you just emphasize so you can just cast a little shadow and give that S-curve a definition. That may be kind of cool. Or maybe a light maybe behind us or just right in front of us maybe shining out. I don't know. I'd have to play around with that and see because okay. the train was very interesting in how it was angling up to the right of the big cliff face to the right of us. 
um, there's this gradual hill from the from the debris, right, from the rubble yeah. and the the erosion. But um, yeah, it'd be cool, kind of cool to bring another light there and and to really play around with that. So when you uh, say it's leading to the rock, how perfect was it? Did it literally S curve back to it or just kind of S curve? It was really close. And I think that if I got a different angle, I could really play with it some more and Mm, have it lead to that rock. So yeah, I want to get out there and do it again because of the ultimate reason why, what, what didn't go well of what didn't work out that night, (sighs) which was the clouds. (sighs) Yeah. We're going to talk about that in a sec. Oh my gosh. So getting back there, why do they torture us? Getting them back there, such a long drive. Um, <laughs> the idea of going back there for a night like that sounds miserable. But going out, yeah. you know, we are going out to Capitol Reef um, this next month, and so let's just get out to Capitol Reef and on our way, let's do this one and have we an can. extra day. See, that would that sounds like a good idea. A yeah. lot less torturing than this. Yeah. So early yeah. April, let's yeah. do it. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Unified plan. Or Go. is that a unified plan or is that a plan in agreement? It's an accord. It's an accord. That sounds much more <laughs> formal. The plan is an accord. Let's bring it in. So those dang clouds. So Freaking dang clouds. We, we got to talk about clear dark sky and clearoutside.com. I did not check clearoutside.com. I was happy with the clear dark sky prediction. Mm. And the clear dark sky prediction, I'm pulling up a picture of it right now. Let me see if I get my screenshots up. Well, all I can say is before we left on this trip, I was looking at just the weather.com weather channel app that's built in the phone. And it was uh, showing that it was clear all the way up until like 3 a.m. And then after 4, 5, and 6, it showed like partly cloudy. Like it showed the stars with the cloud next to it. And before that, it was just stars. I'm like, hmm, does that mean that we're going to be skunked? Like, I hope that's okay still. And yeah, when you look at cleardarksky.com, you've got not only three rows of blue. Now it's light blue, the transparency and seeing, which if it's light blue or even lighter, I'm starting to learn warning, 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 because Mm. an area like that, that has so much moisture that the transparency and seeing isn't great, Mm -hmm. I think is just prone to have a small thin cloud buildup happen. Yeah. Now, when you talk about cloud cover, 100% 100% of the dome above your head, is it clear or is it not? And when it gets a little bit light blue, you think most of the sky is clear. And it's true. Right. All the sky behind us was great. All yeah. the sky north was great. If I want to take pictures of the Big Dipper, I could have all night long. Mm-hmm. But our freaking southern eastern cloud horizon we saw it from the morning we got there that there were some clouds over there and they mm. might come. And if you look at Clear Dark Sky that night, it was great. Oh, come on, quit orientating. It's orienting on me. So at 5 a.m., it starts changing from a dark blue to a lighter blue through 6, 7, 8 a.m., 9. 9 a.m. was supposed to be the worst. And we're thinking, we just need it to be clear from 3 mm-hmm. to 5. And that's mm-hmm. pretty good chance. But there's also, anytime you see these predictions where you've got only a couple hours after your hour, your 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 window opportunity, you have a couple hours that it's going to start getting bad. Those bad hours, they shift left or right very mm-hmm. easily on you. The prediction could be three hours off, and that really bad cloud cover at 9 o'clock turned out to be 5 a.m., and then all the hours before it were the precursor of it. And it's just... yeah. See, you're looking at data for Goblin Valley. Which is which very, is, very close. Yeah, but it's still quite a bit west of where we were, right? It's just north of us. Oh, just northward. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. So I was looking at data um, from the uh, Weather Channel for Hanksville. 
And that's the prediction I gave for Hanksville was right at like three, three, four, you know, five. Right. It got partly cloudy. I seriously wanted this prediction to say it's gonna be cloudy all night. Let's not do it. I wasn't feeling very well. Yeah, it seemed like a crazy just let's do it, let's go. And I thought maybe I can trump this decision. I hate using Trump now. I can't Trump <laughs> things anymore. It's over. Um, I could break this plan with, hey, look, like clear dark sky, totally cloudy, man. Sorry, let's not do it. Let's go another night this week or but something. But we needed to do something, though, because we, we, really we ran out of podcast to, content, and we had right? to talk about something. So With my situation, we haven't been able to go out as much as yeah. we were planning, and so like, we got behind on content, and I needed to set up an interview. And we can't set up the interviews like we used to, mm. where we could get someone anytime that we're for them, we'll just be able to record, because we don't know where I will be. Mm. Now that we have this place and a somewhat okay internet, I think we can do interviews again. Right, you know, right. bring someone in and have a guest. Yeah. But we couldn't the last month. And so we were really hurting for something interesting to tell you guys. So we're like, let's do this. Yeah. And so when I saw those clouds, I thought, okay, I've got to go. But you saw the weather clouds. And we were at the Walmart getting stuff to go down. You were mentioning it. <sighs> and I was arrogant. I was thinking, no, nah, Clear Dark Sky says it's fine. We'll be all right. Well, I think that we might have been okay if the clouds would have stayed in the same path that they were and the Milky Way, we gave the, and we gave the Milky Way more time to rise. Yeah. Then we could have been okay, but it was freezing out there. Freezing. 27 degrees. I mean, we were prepared, right? We did have snow yep. pants on. I did have wool socks and hiking boots. And, you know, I had three. I had I how many layers did I have boots. on? I, you, you didn't. That's true. Your I feet must have my freezing. hiking boots because it's back in the garage of my old house, and I didn't That's take them true. out yet. You were wearing your so loafers. I only had my loafers, which I did in Moab too. <laughs> so I had sand in my loafers. So were, I your, were your feet freezing? They weren't freezing, but they were just get cold fast. They I were think. more prone to be annoyed standing there because they didn't have great support, mm. and I just I felt the sand, the cold of the sand on my foot. Oh, and right. And so that just made me more wanting to get out of there. Yeah, I think if we would have stuck around for an hour and braved it, we might have got better shots. But we both were in agreement that this is just not What was it, like 23, great. 25 degrees? It was 27 degrees. And I had a scarf. That went really well. If you have scarves, mm. bring them, man. Because I had that thing around my neck tucked in and in the wind and the cold really didn't bother me all that much. But I was just... That's true. There was a bit of a breeze. If there wasn't that breeze, that somewhere between five, you know, and seven mile an hour breeze, yeah, it's just enough to cut through you when it's twenty seven <laughs> degrees outside. It, the wind chill really, I mean, it changes. Your so I had my fleece on, and my windbreaker, and I, then I put my puffy jacket on over that. Even, oh, I mean, it was still? like, and it was still like I was still like, I'm, so warm. I was warm, but the wind chill was still like blowing through, you know, getting my head cold oh, and my feet were starting to get cold after just standing there. That's the problem is I don't think there's anything really quite made to just stand around and your feet were going to get cold no matter what. If you just stand. Mm, so I, I had to actually walk around and explore to get my feet warm again, you know. Oh, when you went over there to the side of the cliff. Yeah, so I so 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 in a situation where and this is what I did and this is what worked out well inevitably is that I just set my camera to do time lapse i'm like okay i'm doing a time lapse because there's nothing else gonna happen so i did a time lapse and great thing about time lapse is you can put it in motion do cool animation afterwards or you can stack them like i did and do cool star stacks yeah, that's how you had your uh, trails huh? yeah and that's how the trails turn out really cool looking so um i just set my camera to that i was happy with the composition i took off 
and headed towards a hill and started exploring like this little like canyon area where apparently tons of rednecks had gone with their girlfriends and throwing litter everywhere. Really? It's out there with a bunch of litter? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. hate when people I know. Do it's that. ridiculous. So you just climb up a little bit and go behind a rock and all of a sudden there's like trash everywhere. You're like, oh, great. <laughs> of course I'm not the only one here. So, or been here before. So, <laughs> but it was cool. I mean, I saw a caterpillar. I mean, it was like I saw a caterpillar. 27 degrees and I see a caterpillar walking around on this rock and I'm like, what in the world? The like, how is this thing in the audience not, are really perking up right now. How is this thing he's not hibernating right now? This is nuts. It was really cold. It was really cold, and it was night, and he's walking around like, mm-hmm, like, like no one's business. I'm like, that's <laughs> weird. He's safe from predators. It's too cold. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So that was interesting. Desert caterpillars are Maybe really resilient. Maybe it was resilient. an alien, and we were on an alien planet. Mm, like, I always He pretend. was kind of translucent. He was a very clearish caterpillar. Are you sure he didn't lay any eggs in your ear? Mm, I didn't feel like it. <laughs> no wrath of Khan going on here. So, so, so the, yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. I wonder if there's any way to really keep your feet warm if you're just standing around in a chilly environment because my feet always tend to get cold. So, Are there shoes out there that have the proper support, but then you can like pull out this drawer in your shoe sole that you can put little hand warmers in. Yeah, I know. There needs, stuff be, it back there needs in. to be something like that, <laughs> right? Like a tray. Heat up in there. Yeah. yeah, a tray. A tray that comes <laughs> the out. The shoe tray, the heater tray. Oh, this is our million-dollar idea. If anybody wants to away. do that, if you've got, you, there's a good idea for you guys. If We're starting the... a Kickstarter for Photog Adventure shoes for astrophotography <laughs> where you have a tray for feet warmers. Yeah, I don't even know how you do that. Because I don't want to hike on them, but no. I would like to put them in at that point. Right, if you're just standing around, mm-hmm. you get some cushy soles, Pop them off, put a heat warmer in there. Pop what if instead of pumps, your actual you had like a heat, pro, like you pumped it and it got the whole shoe warm. Hmm. Is there know. a way that you can create heat from pumping air? Mm. I guess it just gets cold. It gets colder. Typically, yeah. Yeah. You have All to right. have a, yeah. That's why hiking around, that's why if you're going to do something like this, that's, that's what my advice would be is to put it on time lapse, get some star trails or some motion, do something cool with that later, and then just go... Walk around and explore. Yeah. You know, if you have a second camera, you can go walk around and explore and take some more shots. But, um, uh, you know. A second camera. A second camera. I have a second camera now. I know. But I don't have a second tripod. It doesn't matter it's if you're walking around. It's such a glitch in the whole plan. It's like, hey, all I have to do is get another camera body. I need to upgrade anyway. Now i got a second camera. But now you have a second camera with an Arca Swiss L bracket on it. And what? Do you want to take the L bracket off and then hook it into a weak tripod and risk a nice I've lens? I've got a spare tripod. And we um, could put an oh, Arca Swiss mount on with it. with those Manfrotto tripods. They're, they're just resistance training. I don't want resistance training when it's I go out true. there. I love my carbon fiber. It is an alignment. It is an alignment. Uh, it is an aluminum um, legged tripod, which is light. But then it's that. <laughs> it's got the leveling base and then that other head on, pan tilt head, which are yeah. That adds quite a bit of weight to Maybe it. Maybe I need to just. Uh, Forget about my current financial situation and just join Rusty Parker's, Jeff Peterson, Drew, and uh, Nick, I know, has one. All those mm. guys have a carbon fiber, really right stuff tripod. Yeah, with some really great aluminum parts on it that are really light and Not durable. aluminum, they're carbon fiber. No, but the but the heads and everything are aluminum. Oh, you're the talking parts, about their ball heads? Yeah, yeah. The rest of the parts are aluminum. Yeah, that's Which true. is really light. Most, most of the stuff is, but... This the different grades of aluminum, you know, like you, the BH fifty or thirty or something. Yeah, like you that. can get really good higher grade aluminum that's still very strong, but a lot lighter than well, some of the lower grade aluminum. My whole system you know. for my main camera, then use the Faisal on the secondary. Someday yeah. I will do that. But yeah. right now I don't have a freaking secondary tripod, so I don't have a secondary camera body, which mm. is really bumming me out. I'm gonna start using the Gorilla Pod and just plug it in there and just put it down and do a time lapse because I can need do. something yeah. Yeah. or the Syrup Genie on the track. 
Yeah, yeah, we gotta play with that some more for sure. Bring that out. Okay, so the last thing that I want to say that went well before I tell you something. Actually, I'll tell you something, then I'll do the last well. So I didn't tell you this yet because I wanted to tell it here. It's not a crazy story, (gasps) but I'm making it sound like the next thing you hear will blow your mind. No, it's just Aaron being a coward. I'm taking off with my camera to find a better position because I'm realizing that the Milky Way is still pretty gapped between the hand and where the core is because mm-hmm. the clouds are blocking it. So I kept hoping that it would just be there. Yeah. As I'm recognizing where the stars are and thinking, you know, I know that that's where the core is, but it's actually really terminating before the hand. I want it to be yeah, on yeah. the hand, you know, a little bit more. So I moved closer up and I was getting up on a ridge. And as I'm walking, you know how you walk typically and look at your feet to see where you don't trip. Mm-hmm. I looked up for a second and there's a figure moving right in front of me. And it startled me. I'm like, oh my gosh, who's there? And I go to look again to see who it was, and they mimicked me exactly. It was just my shadow. <laughs> it was my shadow from our low-level lighting hitting the the rift of like the the ridge that goes up on the hill, and it looked like someone standing in front of me in the shadows. <laughs> it freaked the boogeyman. Yeah. Like, oh, it's just me. <laughs> so I'm walking normal, looking down, and I look up, and there's someone standing right in front of me, and it was just me. It was just me. It was just me the whole time. I was like, oh my, oh my gosh. Okay, I'll tell Brendan that on the podcast. <laughs> that so is I, funny. I freaked myself out with our low-level lighting. Nice. I just kind of forgot that nice. I'm walking towards a wall and I'll show up on it. So sometimes as an adult, you really can be scared of your own shadow. <laughs> yeah. At least Aaron King can. Mm-hmm. He forgets his Carson Lumi Loop. He's wearing loafers out there in the middle of the mm-hmm. moonscape and I'm scared of my own shadow. <laughs> I really don't belong here. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> what also went well for me was getting up on that hill was the right position. And I, I marked it on photo pills. Mm-hmm. I marked where it is. You call me personally and send me an email. I'll tell you where it is. It's a really great place. This is not something that you can destroy. This terrain is fantastic. It's on private land slash BLM land, mm-hmm. depending on the foot that you're standing on. But it is just right for getting that rock wall on the side as well as the hand and coming off of the Milky Way. Mm. And I think it will still work later in the year, but I can see why Roy said March was almost better than April because I think from that position at least, the core gets behind it too quickly. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid I'll block off some of the core. So there might need to be earlier in the season best time for it. But you gotta have a clear night, and it's so hard to get a clear night in the early season. Yeah, so we'll try in April again, anyways. Just to mm-hmm. see. those of you who are keen on getting your Milky Way photographers, um, I won't call them verifications, no achievements. Get your achievements from MilkyWayPhotographers.com. You can get a Milky Way even though there's clouds. Just make sure it's visible or any part of the Milky mm-hmm. Way. You will earn it. It doesn't matter if there's clouds. It's up to you whether you like the shot, whether there's clouds. But you can still earn your achievements doing these things. So when you go out think I got skunked by the clouds but I took a picture and still get to earn my Mm -hmm. March Milky Way Mm -hmm. or my January Milky Way and so have fun with it don't worry Milky photographers out there unite and become a master Milky photographer with us and one other thing I just want to mention the low level lighting wasn't really that low we actually cranked it up because it's such Mm, a big structure that we were shining it on that was it all the way up? Was the was the power on that thing all the way up to the you max? No, I think I went fully max, and then I was going to change it if it was too bright. But it, it was never so was. far away, and I tilted it way off. Like mm. it was tilted way back, so the fall off was what was hitting. Yeah, it too. yeah, yeah. So I think we never had to. I think I went full blast. Yeah. So this structure, just so you know, is big enough. It's a couple hundred feet high. It looked like it was pretty tall. 
Um, I'm not exactly sure how high, but it's somewhere between 100 and 200 feet high. The the whole hand. The whole hand, yeah. Yeah, something e- like easily, that. Easily, right? So, um, yeah. So if you're lighting something that big, <laughs> I mean, Royce has had to do light painting with a huge, like you know, spotlight type of the uh, handheld, handheld one, where it's just like 10,000 candle lightsaber, hundred thousand candle of, power, whatever. Mm-hmm, Death Star beam kind of yeah. beam, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you beam and just if you shoot the beam just over the structure so it's not hitting it with this bright beam and you get all that fall off, then it gets a really nice shot, right? So yeah, you can be really creative nice. even if you have just only that kind of spotlight kind of, uh, you know, light to use. You can still use it. It's still possible. So so overall, what's our Photog Adventure ruling of the Royce Bear Milky Way Butte? I like it. It's cool and I want to go back. I love it too, or liked it too. Yeah. I'm going to love it when I get the shot. Yeah, yeah. One single light was enough, unless you want the S-curve, so bring two lights when mm-hmm. you go, and get prepared to wait for the early, early morning Milky Way. You want that thing to be higher up in the sky. Yeah. The, the early hours that we were there for, I felt like it would have been too low. When mm-hmm. I tried to do a panorama, it still was a little bit tilted up in the sky. It wasn't one of those full arches that touches down on both sides. Oh, okay. So it's more of a Milky Way that's going to shoot out of our foreground right, feature right. and then just kind of dissipate in the distance on the panorama. It's not going to come back down to the Earth terrain. Mm-hmm. But it's a really fantastic spot. A, me- a million times easier than most locations. It's not as easy as yeah. Goosenecks where you walk up and you stand right there. Right. But right. it's so easy to get to. As long as you know where it is, you'll see it off the side of the road without any trouble. Mm-hmm. It's just if mm-hmm. you didn't recognize it or know it, you you could drive past it very quickly. You wouldn't just you'll yeah, miss it in a blink. One good dead giveaway is on the left hand. So if you're driving it driving to it from Hanksville, there's a left on the left hand side of the road is a is an enclosed, fenced off, um, ruin, like ruin? Of, an, of like an old like cabin or something. Mm, okay, and right to the left of that is you pass that, and then the very next right. Um, there's like the pull out kind of dirt area you pull in right next to that. So, mm. so if you're going from Hanksville and you're driving on the on the Hanksville road and you're driving west, then once you pass that abandoned like uh, ruin of a building, it's like a brick building or some kind of old like maybe like an old like pioneer like Perhaps farmhouse or something. It was so dark I couldn't really tell. Yeah, but it, but it's fenced off. It's obvious. It's a big fence around it. And then uh, like a 10-foot fence all the way around it. And once you pass that on the left, and right on the right-hand side is the pullout, and you can pull in right there, and then you can see the butte from there. So Yeah, your headlights will shine on it. I don't even yeah. think you use your extra LEDs to see no, it. No, no. So it's a really fun place. Definitely contact us if you want to know where it's at. It's on your way to Factory Butte, and mm-hmm. it's a beautiful area, as you already know. And so if you're in the Goblin Valley, Factory Butte, Capitol Reef area for a few nights, you want to do some astro, and you're kind of bored of those magnificent other locations, try this one out. You're going to get a shot that's going to be like very unique. Not many astrophotographers have gone out there and done it. True, yeah. yeah. So, Royce, we apologize if you wanted to keep it a secret, but you know, you say stay civil, share your knowledge, help others and so i'm pretty sure royce will be fine with this yep. in fact we can ask him when we have him in for another podcast coming up soon yeah he's ready mm-hmm. for it he's interested okay. i just needed to have a place to stay awesome so let's go ahead and finish up the podcast with our third section that brendan is calling the second section third <laughs> section we're going to go to the third section and talk about gear time and tip of the week okay critter lake's one location critter lake is one you, location what yeah. do you got to do when you're out there what's the must do when you go out and <sighs> In Escalante, it is amazing. It is so different. I mean, just the fact that you can dip a light down in this well, basically, <laughs> where this tree is growing out of, it's and so light cool. it up, and then get the Milky Way shining right 
I, don't, I mean, it's just when I first saw that shot, I was just like, that's amazing. I want to recreate that. I can't believe I had a chance to do that last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited to show people how to shoot that shot and get it this coming year. So, And those are the two locations last year that we had some of our best skies. Oh, yeah. Just so dark, dark crazy. so great, so clear. Just amazing. So I hope you guys are interested in joining us. If you want to get out there, check out our website, photogadventures.com forward slash workshops, and you'll see our adventure workshops there. Go and check these out. See if they're in your price range or in your timeline of the year that you want to get out there and join us. Yeah, we'd be happy to have you. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. And now we're going to talk about gear time. And today I want to talk about a leveling base and what that actually means and what it can do for your photography. So um, I got to experience a leveling base when I was out at Moab with uh, Jeff Peterson, and he has one on his camera, and I got to see, you know, so so say you set your tripod up, and you've got your ball head, and you can level out between your ball head and your camera, you can figure out where the level is, right? And so to say you got things leveled out, and then you start turning your camera to do a pano, uh-oh, then you realize every other like shot you have to adjust, adjust mm-hmm. because as you move from left to right, you realize that your level is getting more and more skiwampus on you <laughs> and you don't know what the heck, you know, like, ah, oh, I got to keep, keep readjusting this. And sure, your panel software will kind of forgive you a little bit and it'll cut, but it'll crop out stuff that maybe you don't want to crop out. So to make your life easier, you could get a leveling base. And so a leveling base is basically going to go between your legs of your tripod and your ball head. And so the leveling base will basically sit there and then you can level that thing out. And so basically it's taking your ball head and making it completely level. So then when you start turning to a panel, you don't have to readjust your shot every single time. So if you're doing like a portrait orientation and doing this huge panel, it's going to be nice and like just amazing. A leveling base is basically what the pros are using to make their life a lot easier and a lot less editing. So there's less, less cropping out. You can just do a nice, perfect panel, get everything that you, that you see in your shot that you like to stay in there without cropping out stuff that you like. So get more ground, get more sky, or zoom in and get you know better stuff. But leveling bases are pretty sweet. They have a little ball right there. And once you – so my particular one I got as a Manfrotto one, you just turn one little hinge, and then you adjust the ball. Once it's level, you tighten it, and then there you go. You're level. So whether you're on a tilted terrain – Usually we are for doing landscape. I mean, there's Almost never always. never a flat surface anywhere, right? So <laughs> right. Um, even though your camera says it's level, panos, that's a problem. So leveling base will correct that. And uh, you can pick them up for fairly cheap. I've seen, you know, some af- aftermarket ones on eBay for around 60 to 80 bucks. The Manfrotto one's only about 100 the one that I just picked up. The so. the one that fits right on my uh, base right there. Mm-hmm. I just removed that center column plate. I can replace it with the leveling base mm-hmm. for 150 bucks. So. Okay, yeah. So they're, you know. That's, That's a around lot, 100 bucks. But it's not too bad now. Like when we buy the tripod for $450 and you think, I'm going to add $150 just for a leveling base. Yeah. It's like, no. But yeah. a year later, two years later, you're thinking, oh, mm. yeah, it's time. Yeah. Once you start doing panos, you really like doing panos. And if you're interested in doing that a lot, then that's one thing I would really suggest looking into as a leveling base. Awesome. I know I want one and I'm going to get one and we can do a gear review of the one I get for Faisal because I'm loving mm. my Faisal tripod. Mm-hmm. I know there's some issues people can have where they get in gunk in them, but when you're in the desert and dry conditions, you don't really experience that much of a problem with the Faisal tripod. Mm. And so yeah. I still love my Faisal and I'm going to get that base. It's going to be awesome. So for this week's tip of the week, we went out in a situation where clouds on dark sky site or dark sky finder. Sorry, now I can't say the right clear dark sky.com were showing. 
hey, the clouds are fine. You're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. But it had a few clouds a few hours later that potentially could move in and out. But on the other side of that prediction, there were blue skies again. So mm-hmm. we think confidently we could try it out. The tip is make sure if you're thinking, I'm going to drive all night long and I don't want to get skunked, Triple check, double check, you know. Make sure you go to clearoutside.com and cleardarksky.com. Cleardarksky.com has sections where they have these weather stations that only on those pins can you check them. Mm. For instance, the closest to Hanksville was the Goblin Valley one, which gave me information for Goblin Valley's clouds. Now, they're not much different than the Hanksville ones, but, you know, that prediction was based on that specific area's temperature and everything. Right. And you know what? Maybe it was more close to 7, 8 o'clock in the morning when clouds started coming in that much more north. Maybe that would have been true. Mm. But when you go further south, go to Hanksville, and you're right there, the few hours earlier, those clouds move in on you. And so you kind of change the prediction by not being precisely where that pin is. Mm -hmm. So try clearoutside.com that has based on cities. It has a prediction based on city locations. And just like Brendan did, even with his simple mobile phone just the default app, the which is default a weather channel. App, weather yeah. channel, it gave him specific information of saying clear skies, clear skies, cloudy, or partly cloudy, partly cloudy, partly yeah. cloudy. And it started much earlier than predictions on cleardarksky.com did. So if you can triple check by having cleardarksky.com, clear outside checked, and then also the weather apps like wonderground.com or weather.com, check them. Be sure to check them. See what they're saying for cloud cover because that is going to give you your best idea of where you can be and give you some information local to where you're going to stand if you happen to be going to a location that's far away from that weather pin, that weather station that is being used for the clear dark sky predictions. Yeah. yeah. So double check, triple check. Don't get stuck like we did. Our recommendation always is get out there and have a photog adventure on your own. Don't be afraid. Get and capture whatever you possibly can. And now with MilkyWayPhotographers.com, if you guys join Jump in on that and join us through in there and you can get your your achievements and rank up to master Milky Way photographer. You also have a reason to still gain something from wherever you end up. Mm-hmm. You know, Rusty Parkhurst, he went out to a location on his way down to last March's retreat with yeah. photography. Yeah. And he was in Kansas and he went to a place that was hours away that he would not have driven one night. But since he was already driving really far, he felt like stopping there. Yeah. And it's yeah. a really cool, I think it was rock formation that he found. Yeah. It's out there. And you know, he got clouds that came in and he felt like he got skunked. And then he started processing the image and it was really neat. Mm-hmm. He actually used it in his calendar, I believe, because it was one of his shots that he really loved for that year. And despite the clouds blocking the Milky Way in some parts, in the end, he turned out he really, really liked the shot. Yeah. So not only don't be afraid to go, but don't be afraid to still capture a shot and put all your effort into it like you would if there weren't any clouds. Yeah, because yeah. you might turn out to love it. Nice. So thanks guys for joining us again. Thanks for your patience. Thank you, patrons. Now, we have a mm-hmm. few extra, pa- few new patrons that have joined us. We're excited that you have joined us to, because we think you want to be a part of MilkyPhotographers.com. If you are considering joining us on Milky Photographers, all you have to do is be a $2 patron. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, enjoyed our YouTube content, and all the stuff that we keep trying to put out, then $2 is probably worth it to you a month I'd to hope so. be a part of it, right? And I'd so, like to think I'm worth at least 2 bucks, guys. Oh, you are. Let me buy you dinner. Let me give you some food, man. Okay. <laughs> He's like, okay, I'm going to get with some that. sushi. There it's is almost a midnight. sushi place that is, oh, it's almost midnight? No, it's not. It's, oh, we it's got like an only hour. open but they close until at midnight. midnight. Yeah. Okay. We're what could go wrong? Sushi at midnight, right? <laughs> uh, nothing wrong with the idea of last minute of the day sushi. I mean, raw fish at right. the end of the day, I'm sure it's delicious. 
I hope I'm okay with this tomorrow. <laughs> Lots of wasabi. <laughs> <laughs> so we thank you guys. We thank you, patrons. We thank those of you who have participated in our challenge mm-hmm. and gone out and done the reviews for us on iTunes. Thank you so much. We owe you Carson Lumi Loops, you three that we have not chosen yet from those who have done it, because Aaron King decided to go and upside down his life, and so I'm... I haven't been in position to do it, but I'm on my way. I got this office space. I have stickers in here, and I'm getting envelopes and stamps, and I'm ready to send you patrons and all you ex-patrons who have been so awesome for months and been with us, but now Mm -hmm. you've recently had to cut off. We are going to send you stickers as well because you deserve it. You earned it, and some of the other rewards that we have on there, like calendar and pictures, you will be getting. We owe you. We love you guys. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you, patrons, and... Podcast listeners, have a great week. We'll see you later. See you guys.